The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. A Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. Uh, Dan in Dallas... Uh, Responds to a question from the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, tell us what we really want to know. Did the new coach get a sports jacket offer from the Hines? Uh, he did not. Uh, he did it's not. Disappointing did, did not. Him. David Collier was cozied up right next to me in case I, in case I did make that offer. But I, you know, you can only that was uh, organic. You know, with Coach McGuire. You know, can't. Sometimes you just can't stage that stuff. That was that just was organic. Came from me not thinking before I speak, which is, I think, a lot of how this show is built. You know, <laughs> me me not thinking before I speak, and then sometimes when you think before you speak, it's it's boring. Okay, so I try not to wow. think before I try not to think before I speak. I'm just speaking for myself. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm not clever enough to, you know, be uh, pre-planned out with my with my good stuff. Uh, Dan in Dallas says, good question, Chuck. Did you ask uh, Coach Mack where he got his jacket? Nice jacket. No, no, Dan, I did not. I have a sneaking suspicion, but I, I did not. Uh, we get this from Brandon. And uh, he says this, my uncle Glenn was the first one on the radio to call full season Texas Tech uh, baseball games. That's correct. Glenn Seal was. He also called the Lady Raider games in 1993. Oh, wow. Uh, which was the national championship year, right? Yeah. Uh, he Pretty says, good I, run for him then. Yeah, he said, I enjoy listening to the radio call very much these days. You all do a great job. Mm, thank okay. you. Uh, we get this. Okay. Um, you know, there's he, line up. There's a long line of people that, uh, that uh, probably are like this. Uh, this person says, McCaslin has better style than Chuck. What? I mean, I would hope so. I mean, he's, he's the head basketball coach. I'm just your... You don't have to be have great style to be a head basketball coach. I mean, Exhibit A, Kim Mulkey. <laughs> uh, somebody wants to know how many people were at the announcement. It was hard to tell. Um, I, I got there right as it was just a skosh after it began. Uh, I walked in uh, with the voice of Red Raider basketball, Jeff Haxton, and... Um, we were kind of down in the tunnel. That was the easiest way for us to, to have access. And, um, but it looked like there on the south end that they had a pretty good number. I'd say I put it at a couple hundred, but I, it, may, it may have been more than that. But it looked, it looked like a good representation. Okay, good. They had a, they had a nice setup. I hope he felt welcome. Yeah, no, I think he did. And, there, you know, all the coaches were there. He had uh, an extended uh, conversation, it looked like, after the announcement with Coach Tim Tadlock. Um, uh, the women's basketball staff was all there. I saw Coach Kitley there. Uh, Coach McGuire was not there. He's busy. He's working. He's uh, over there coaching him up on the football field. Uh, but and there were a number of players. There, somebody's asking which players were there. I don't have the. I don't have the complete list. I can tell you, Daniel Bacho was there. I can tell you, um, Jalen Tyson was there. Um, Davion Harmon was not there because of uh, he'd had his wisdom teeth pulled. Hmm. Um, and uh, and I know there was a couple others there. So, um, 
But Daniel Bacho was there in a boot. Speaking of Daniel Bacho, mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued by we we haven't heard or talked much about or anything about Daniel Bacho. Um, he for the most part um, looked like he was completely miserable playing here this year. Okay, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's because I don't didn't know if it's look because like he was, was giving getting along with his teammates. Just didn't look like he wanted to be here. Okay. Okay, would you disagree? Is that just I don't want to put words in your mouth? No, I don't. I don't. I, I don't think you're wrong there. And I, I wonder if it was because he was frustrated because he was sick, or was it was it the style of play? Was it discussed with the guys around him? Boy, or was, was it just, boy, he was good non conference. Man, he was special in non conference. You know, it was, was it just uh, was it just you know was it just overall frustration with things? But yeah, no, I I I think you're. But he seemed happy to be there yesterday. Yeah, it's I, just interesting to me. I mean, I would have thought he would have been the first guy in the portal. Yeah, no, and, and we exchanged uh, exchanged pleasantries with him uh, yesterday. Uh, somebody wants to know, was Pop Isaacs there? I believe Pop Isaacs was there, too. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, it is. It, I was a little, I got to, I, uh, I, I do, I do got to, kind of agree with you though that i was a little surprised to see him just to be honest with you i had no idea what to expect from which players were going to be there or not i had i had no i had no preconceived notion there yeah i don't put a lot of stock one way or the other into it i don't think Mm -hmm. you know if a guy shows up that he's definitely not leaving if a guy doesn't show up that he's definitely leaving i I don't i mean i i just don't put a lot of stock into that yeah i just um He's whether he was there yesterday or not. It's just surprising to me because it just looked like a guy that didn't really want to be there, and I would have expected him to hit the portal. I know he's already transferred once, um, and so, <laughs> but that was before the rule was put in place, right? That you could only transfer once. Yeah. So, so can he still transfer? I'm not sure, but I I think with a coaching change, it would be pretty easy to probably get a yeah. get a waiver. Yeah, I would agree. So, um, so there you go. Uh, somebody says this. Uh, so, Coach Wes Kitley was there. I thought you meant Zach. No, I think he was busy working with Coach McGuire. I mean, I think if Coach McGuire couldn't make it, I think it's safe to say that the rest of the football staff was also working. They're over there, you know, spring practice and stuff like that, or watching film, or you know, just getting ready. Um, so, uh, notice how no one seems to be going after Fardos Amac. He exposed his character and that he's all about money. Well, I, I don't know if that's true or not. I, you know, I think it's probably still early in that, in the portal process. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see, we'll, we'll see about that. Have a lot of guys committed already from the portal? I don't, I don't necessarily think so. I think there's just more guys committed to being in the portal. I don't know if we've seen a bunch of. I haven't just kind of kept my eye on the waiver wire per se. Uh, That's kind of what it is. Yes, yeah. well said. <laughs> you know, um, but I, I think um, <clears throat> I think more than anything, um, we haven't. I think that will start to happen now that the national championship. That would games, be my guess too. You know, and, and that you know the coaching hires have settled in and things like that. I would. I would think that that's kind of what we would see at this point in time, that we'd start to see some of those announcements. Uh, 6.38 this morning here uh, on the morning drive. Uh, Kirby Hocutt said there were 35 candidates and 23 interactions with coaches. And, and look, 
he's not going to list how how we talked to this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. I mean, you never want to do that to jeopardize somebody else's employment. But sure, you know, clearly, uh, I mean, look, we all know Big Twelve, big job, Texas Tech. You know, played for national title in 2019. You know, you'd be you'd be concerned if it didn't attract a lot of candidates. Yes, absolutely, you would. You know, no so question. I think the fact that that it did. Um, uh, is 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 good. Uh, they said Kirby said that uh, Coach McCaslin. It would be fun to know the names, though. Sure, uh, that Coach McCaslin stood out with his leadership, his high character, and uh, his toughness. Um, the other thing that was interesting to me is uh, Norris Odiasi. I did not know that he was playing for the uh, Dallas Mavericks G League team, um, but you know he was on this search committee and. So they, they they finished up a Zoom call after one of their meetings and and said, uh, okay, Norrence, uh, uh, what's your availability tomorrow? And he said, well, I have practice, but the Dallas you know Mavericks organization knows how important this is to me. So they've they've told me that I can be available. I can miss practice. Wow. So I'm available. And then uh, Kirby said to uh, Dusty Womble, okay, uh, Dusty, what's your uh, availability tomorrow? And he's like. Right. If I'm gonna, if Norn Sodiase is available, yeah, I'm available. <laughs> so, um, but good for good for Norns. He was uh, apparently always available uh, for meetings and was he was quite passionate about you know the process and and uh, Coach McCaslin and and he spoke yesterday as well. We'll look. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Sports history today is April 4th, 2023. Here's Jeff McGuire. Get, hang on. <laughs> Drop <We're>, my script. <laughs> Starting in 1913. <laughs> I was like, where's it going? Where are you going? Drop my script. Sorry. To plug, the, plug us back in. Yeah, that's something like that. Uh, the 75th Grand National took place. In 1913, Percy Woodland wins aboard a 100-9 shot cover coat. Owner Sir Charles Ashelhunton Smith, the Nailed second it. straight Grand National victory and third overall. We, we have learned quite a bit about the Grand National over about the last week or so, Jamie. We have. We know it's in England. We know it's in England. And it's a horse race. And it's a horse race. Mm-hmm. And the 75th of them was on on this day in 1913. 1913. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it still goes on. Um, in comparison, something that's been going on a long time here, 25 years later, uh-huh. the fifth Masters took place. Wow. This is why I keep bringing up the Grand National. It's been around a really long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1948, 84-year-old Connie Mack challenges 78-year-old Clark Griffith to a race from home to first base. It ends in a tie. <laughs> Was it like, it's a, so reincarnated today, one of them became the bullfighter and one of them became Chris Sneed. Mm-hmm. They're going a much farther distance than those two, though. They're also significantly younger, too. 1974, Hank Aaron ties Babe, the Ru- Babe Ruth's home Babe run the record. Ruth. <laughs> yeah, bad. Mm-hmm. By hitting his 714th home run in Cincinnati, facing Jack Billingham. 1983, 
The 45th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship took place. North Carolina State beats Houston 54-52. Wolfpack win with a buzzer-beating dunk. Off of an air ball. Yeah, well, that, it says there was a shot for three. I'm like, it wasn't a shot. It was, it was a pass. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gary Bender uh, calls the play. He's like, Wittenberg! And then... Lorenzo, oh, no, then Lorenzo Charles catches it and he dunked it home and Billy Packer they did it they did it Jim Valvano's running around looking for somebody to hug and that was craziness aren't we all though uh, a little crazy yes no running around looking for somebody to hug you're not <laughs> you're not 1985 <laughs> on the heels of players being arrested for point shaving mm-hmm. and drug use, Tulane disbands their back- basketball program for 36 months. Wow, three years. Jeez. 1988, in the 50th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, Oklahoma loses 83-79. to <laughs> It was 50-50 to at the half of that game. Yeah, I felt bad for Oklahoma there. Big 12 school not getting it done. Crunch time. Granted, this is before the Big 12. He's just steaming over there. No, I'm not steaming. <laughs> I, I'm fine. I don't, I don't care. You do you, man. Kansas was who they lost to. 1988 Major League Baseball. New York Mets set an opening day record with six home runs in a 10-6 win over the Expos at Montreal. I went to the uh, home opener for the Royals that day. George Bell hit three home runs. It's a good day. Yeah, it was a really good day. <laughs> I, mean, I think he, I think he launched all three of them into the left field bullpen. Um, but it was, uh, it was a, it, it was not not a good afternoon for the for the Royals. Not many not many days in 1988 were good for them. And in 1993. <clears throat> The 12th NCAA Women's Basketball Championship took place. Your Texas Tech Lady Raiders defeat Ohio State 84-82. Future Hall of Fame forward Cheryl Swoops, most outstanding player ever. (laughs) Ever. Ever. I I don't see anyone arguing with me. Therefore, it is true. You you weren't in school yet, were you? No. Yeah. Mm -mm. It is National Cordon Bleu Day. I'm Which out. Which is like, you know, chicken with, like, cheese and stuff inside. I'm, I'm, I'm out. How about you, Jamie? You're out on that, right? Uh, I think I would probably like it. I don't would think you? I have ever had it. Would you? Is it like a cream cheese? It's... It, or is it real cheese? It's a real cheese. It's real cheese and, like, I want to say bacon's involved in there somewhere. It's not bad. It's a fancy way of having chicken. I like chicken. I like bacon. I like cheese. Whether they're on top of each other or stuffed in each other. Yeah. I think I'd like it just the same. It's also International Carrot Day. I'm out on the carrots, too. I like carrots. Happy birthday, Robert Downey Jr., 59. Jamie Lynn Spears is 32. Graham Norton is 60. Scott Rowland, 48. And Texas Rangers starting pitcher Martin Perez is 32. Mm -hmm. And on this day, 1968. Martin Luther King Jr. is fatally shot while standing on the balcony outside of his second-story room at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, Tennessee. The civil rights leader was in Memphis to support a sanitation worker strike and was on his way to dinner when the bullet struck him in his jaw, 
and severed his spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And that is this day in sports history. This day in sports history, 651 this morning here uh, on the morning drive. I'd, I'd like to... Uh, I'd like to go to that site uh, and that uh, there's a museum there um, on behalf of uh, uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson was like standing right next to him uh, when that took place on the uh, balcony there at the Lorraine Hotel. So I mean, it was just a, obviously a tragic day. Uh, I remember more about because I was uh, I was seven and some change when that happened. I remember more about his uh assassin uh james earl ray um escaping uh from from custody and from prison i believe um and being on the lam uh for quite some time really like yeah how long like months like he was even over an hour he was like, overseas <clears throat> no no i mean he was gone for he was gone for like i want to say several months before they finally captured him and, and jeff's right um he was he was overseas, I think, when he was finally when he was finally captured. Uh, let me let me see what uh, what I can find here. But yeah, no, it was his he uh, he went uh, throughout the United States and Canada, going to St. Louis, Chicago, Toronto, and Birmingham. Um, he was uh, then drove to Mexico, was in Acapulco, so settled in Puerto Vallarta. Um, before they finally uh, finally captured him, um, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was quite some quite some time for him to see. That was his first escape. That was before the um, that was the first. His second escape was after he was um, after he was convicted of the the killing of um, Martin Luther King. That was in 1977. He and six other convicts escaped from Brushy Mountain State Penitentiary. Uh, they were recaptured uh, three, three days later. So he was gone for three days. But the the first time when he was in prison, he escaped. He was he was gone for quite some time. Uh, somebody says this: think it's ham and some kind of cheese fried inside of a chicken breast. Yeah, I just I'm just not. Uh... Yeah, I think he, I think he's right. I think it is ham, not bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shelley says this: thirty years ago, she was ten. Still remember it so clearly. But dang, thirty years, life uh, taking a punch. I remember. And it was just a few months later, for some reason, I don't know, just maybe the awareness of Martin Luther King and then Robert uh, uh, Kennedy, when he was, um, you know, killed uh, in the in the hotel there in Los Angeles after winning um, the uh, California primary. I, I remember that only because I think there was more I think there was more coverage of that because Kennedy was still alive for a period of time and there was. Some thought that he potentially could survive. At least that's the mind of a seven-year-old. Um, but that those those two events were, you know, right back to back of each other. April of '68 and then June of uh, June of 1968. Uh, somebody mentions uh, just going back to this day in sports history. They saw Jason Sasser last night at the Residence Inn in a suit. Yeah, he was at the press conference yesterday. Nice. And uh, you know, he's a guy that has tried to. Um, be a part of a Red Raider coaching staff. I think he's come close. Uh, he was close to being on Billy Gillespie's staff. And now with so many positions and developmental, and there's extra assistant coaches that can now be hired on both men's and women's staffs. You're limited into what you can do uh, on the court during games and from a recruiting standpoint. But 
they can hire, I think, two additional assistants on top of the three that can be on the court recruiting and out on the road, out on the court coaching and out on the road recruiting. So you never know. I mean, Maybe that's might, what's been our problem the last couple of years. We haven't had enough assistant coaches for men's basketball. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> six. Arisa says chicken Kiev is the bomb, though. Butter and herbs inside that breaded chicken breast is awesome. I, I just like chicken, but I don't like it tricked up like that. Guess Chuck didn't like my joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just don't get them, man. And it's not you; it's everybody. Uh, Six fifty-five. I'm just dumb that way. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. That opportunity of being at Midland Junior College in 2007 has shaped who I am today. We absolutely love West Texas. Y'all know we flew in on Friday, right? Why are you laughing? We flew on Friday and everybody was like, sorry about the, you know, whatever they want to say. And you know what I said? I would have not recognized the place if it wasn't for that. If you love it, you love it. Would you agree with me? You love it. That's uh, Grant McCaslin talking yesterday is his uh, introductory um, press conference and uh, celebration over at United Supermarkets Arena. Good morning, Jamie Linton, Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Yates Flooring Center chat line is open. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app presented by Happy State Bank for that or the Visual Edge IT hotline at 806-771-0973. Jamie, he also spoke uh, during his time at Midland about driving the uh, the JUCO bus. and uh, The JUCO or junior college uh, coaches and the lower level coaches get to do yeah and then uh also uh also driving uh eating mcdonald's and uh and looking at stats and you know trying to figure things out and he he talked about you know when he was uh i think he was an assistant it was early on in his career at at midland maybe it was maybe he was the head coach but anyway they went to the national tournament and they beat the number one team and then the next game they lost uh with a, a bucket at the buzzer uh, right at the rim and he said from then on, he made this, he said it changed his mindset. And he, he said he was going to coach every game like it was for the national championship or approach every game, approach just, the cha- he changed his mindset and approach um, for for things. And uh, it, it's so funny. I can I can remember myself, you know, 30 years ago going down to, to Midland for a junior college basketball tournament. And I think I, one year I, I, I flew down with another guy and then one year I, I rode in the juco bus you know i know you did that many many times and um i remember me and the me and the assistant coach went out one night and uh our transportation was the juco bus probably not the smartest thing to do but uh we use that as our as our vehicle of transportation and he he said uh he said as we were parking this thing he's like eh, it's this is probably not the best place for us to be <laughs> and I said, well probably not <laughs> Probably not, but it, but you know, I think that those, you know, when you kind of raise rise up from the ranks like he did, you know, from coaching at you know the junior college level and then you know small uh, college like Arkansas State, and then um, and then going to North Texas and um, you know winning uh, and culminating his his time there with a NIT championship. I think what Kirby said there was pretty impressive that. 
everywhere he's been, he's had the highest winning percentage as a coach when he left. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, Absolutely. and, and I, I think something you said yesterday that has kind of resonated with me, and I, I even quoted you, I even gave you credit yesterday as, as I was stumbling around about how, um, you know, when he's competed, you know, at, at, at against like-level teams, he's won, you know, in terms of whether equal it's the amount of talent, e- equal amount of talent or equal amount of, you know, just, you know, at that equal level, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. the JUCO level or the North Texas level or something along those, along those lines. All right. Uh, more from coach McCaslin. Uh, he talks about um, his balance between what he was doing at North Texas and then trying to come and get this job uh, basically at the same time. And it was a, it was a, a good balance. He did a good job of that, I thought. And here's his comments on that. Yeah, well, the blessing was when you when you leave on a win, which not many teams get to do, that's pretty awesome, right? And so those guys we were able to hug and celebrate, and they were very supportive of the opportunity. Um, and then, you know, just the transition. Uh, been blessed to have the opportunity to work at Arkansas State for one year, and we've had – a 21 season in our first season, the first 21 season in the history of the program, regular season, and then uh, to go to North Texas and to be able to win a CBI championship in our first year, just have experience in regards to the pace that it's required, and hopefully I've matured some and learned some some errors that I that I need to improve on, but really confident in our ability to. Uh, to move this forward quickly in a way that everybody be excited about and legit winning games and playing in meaningful games next season. Uh, somebody on the uh, on the chat line uh, says this, with the lack of defense we had this last season, does McCaslin's variety of the no-middle defense fit our roster better? I, I don't know, but he, he was very complimentary of Mark Adams, and he said that Coach Adams was a big influence on him defensively. Uh, he said he has his own spin on the no middle defense, which every coach takes something from other coaches, right, and then adapts it to their own kind of philosophy or how they're comfortable in coaching it. But he he said he was very gracious to share um, his his version of that. Uh, he was also complimentary of uh, of Coach Beard and what he had done. He was asked about this process of getting this job. And uh, he said two years ago that he was rooting for Mark Adams to get the job. So it's not something that he aspired to um, two years ago, you know, when, when that job came open, when Chris Beard left. Um, he also said that, that he had turned down other opportunities uh, with SEC schools and Big 12 schools and, and things like that. And so just kind of waiting for the right, right opportunity. The other thing um, that that stood out to me. Which one do you think he's turned down in the Big Twelve? <sighs> that's a great question. I don't know. Kansas State. Maybe Kansas State last year. Maybe so, or at least the opportunity to talk to him. Okay. You know, I don't know that he turned. I don't know that they had sp- specific offer sheet in front of him and said, okay. "Hey, come here, go forth and conquer." Um, and I'm not trying to suggest that he was waiting for this job to come open. But one thing that he did say was that his first time in the Womble was after he got hired, which is highly unusual for a coach not to come and look at a place. But, I mean, he was busy coaching, 
but he also was very familiar with Lubbock and Texas Tech and having been in the arena for the very first game when he was director of operations for James Dickey back in, in 1999. And he probably took that virtual tour that you can take online. Probably so. But I mean, that was probably enough. But, but I mean, for, for, the most, for the most part, you'd like to go to a place and kick the tires and see what it's like, right? But he didn't need to do that. And here's his, here's his comment on that. Yes. Um, I'd heard about it. I'd obviously clicked on the videos. They're awesome. But they don't do it justice. It's unbelievable. And my, the first time I stepped in there was Friday, and it, it really it just blows my mind. Um, and, I've, and I've been a part of some great facilities. So that part of it really, I think when you, it doesn't do it justice for what, you, what I saw online. It really doesn't. And I think the shows that there's a genuine love for our athletes. That's big. How do they go to the – how do they prepare? How do they be at their best? Well, they actually get to be in the best facility that's made for college athletics. And so, yeah, I mean, what a tremendous place and thankful for Dusty and their commitment to making that happen. And Beard, man, he did an awesome job of cultivating it and putting it in a position where it's one of the elite areas and places to play college basketball. Uh, somebody off the Yates Foreign Center yeah, chat line. Stop complimenting Beard. That'd be great. <laughs> right. No, I understand. But I mean, I, I think he's just trying to be. It's honest and it's fair. It's honest and it's fair. Right? It doesn't mean I need to hear it. Yeah. 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 No, and I respect it's... him for knowing the, the history of the program and how it happened and all that. But he can stop that right now. Yeah. He, he can be done, done after yesterday. He yeah. was. He. Uh, he was also complimentary of Gerald Myers uh, and obviously James Dickey, who was a, a big influence on his life and. Uh, giving him an opportunity. But he also talked about uh, Robert Brashears, who is uh, now in charge of things at, uh, at All Saints and was an assistant coach on that staff. And he, he, said, uh, he said he basically begged Robert Brashears for an opportunity to work Coach Dickey's camp. And it was, it was more so to be around his future wife than it was to be a part of you know Coach Dickey's staff. So... Uh, his his future wife's playing soccer uh, for Texas yeah. Tech. Just so. one Brashear, not Brashear. Brashear, Robert Brashear. Excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. Um, somebody says this. Uh, he turned down Mississippi State, Florida, and Kansas State. Okay. Um, I, I don't know that for for certain, so I'll just take your word for it for what it's worth. Uh, somebody says this. This is some sarcasm here. I bet every NCAA coach knows about the Womble. True, yeah, but not so. but not everybody would take a job. I mean, again, he had knowledge of being here and it was knowledge of the surroundings. It's not like he'd never been to Lubbock before, so he did have the luxury of being able to to do that stuff by Zoom or whatnot without having. Okay, I got to see the place because I, I need to. I need to make sure my wife signs off on it. When everybody was, I mean, they were all able to do that because they had experience of being here before, which I think speaks volumes of uh, knowing what he's getting into. Um, going to an, a new community, a community he hasn't been in in, you know, 20-something years. I mean, it's changed. Oh, sure. But but not completely. Uh, I did not ask him about the Skybridge. Somebody said, hopefully Coach wants a Skybridge. We'll, we'll get that down the line. Get a, let's... I mean, he wants it at this point. He probably would get it. <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Jamie's question of the day on Double T 97.3 is presented by Bizarre Solutions. Call them today for a free cybersecurity audit. 
731 this morning on the morning drive. Time for Jamie's question of the day. All right. So now that we have our guy and it's official, Mm -hmm. we now know he needs to get to work finding Jimmy's and Joe's. Right. So I want to ask you guys today, Mm -hmm. what's the number one need for this basketball team? You know what? I think you've got to have somebody that's dominant inside. Uh, somebody that can, A, defend the rim, and B, put the ball in the hole. Um, I just think when you, when you look at the NCAA tournament, you look at last night's game, and you look at the, the length that Connecticut had against San Diego State, and specifically what they did inside in, in preventing good looks at the, at the rim. You're going to see a stat about a lot of missed layups last night. Well, the reason for that was the good defense by UConn. And then the points in the paint that UConn had last night, courtesy of their big fella. I, I just think you've got to have somebody inside to be dominant. I like Chuck an- Chuck's answer. Uh, he probably said it better than I could, so I'm not going to try to word it a different way, but I'm going to go in a different direction of something else I think they need leadership I don't they don't need to be the best player on the team either um but it's something that we've all said about this guy many times Noren Sodiase was the leader of that basketball team when he was here he was the guy that you you knew if he spoke everybody was listening he commanded the room he was in when the uh, as a player talking and you weren't going to do something that you weren't supposed to do because Norris would be upset with you kind of feeling um, that felt very lacking last year uh, of a guy that took ownership of the team on a player level. And I don't know, like this is why I'm not a coach. I don't know how you recruit that, but it's kind of one of those things when you see it, you know it. And I, you need some of that for next year's team. Okay, I I'm going different from you guys. I I think this team last year uh, was in desperate need of a uh, a creator, a pass first point guard, somebody that runs the show. Usually, leadership comes with those kind of guys, but uh, a guy that gets everybody in the right place and and um, he can score, yes, but but it's about setting up other guys and getting you into an offensive set that you know looks like something you want to see. And I just, uh, I think you had a point guard last year that was, it turned out to be a really good score for you. It gave you a lot of energy. And um, there were games I felt like he put you on his back, but I I would like one that's going to create and and make others around him better. Okay. I think think all good, good answers. There's, you know, both both of the, all the, all three of those answers could be probably used in point A, A, A one, A two, A three. Yeah, A1, I mean, A1, I think A1, if you looked at any basketball yeah. team across the country, say, hey, you're starting a basketball team. What do you need? Well, you need a big, you need a good good point guard, yeah. and and you need somebody that's a leader. So yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, they probably could have just thrown those out without even looking at the team. <laughs> probably so. <laughs> Probably. I thought you had bigs last year, and they, you know, obviously the injuries, you know, affected the two biggest mm-hmm. ones. But um, you had bigs. I, I just think you've been lacking for, you know, that true, you know, coach on the court, point guard. 
okay. you know, for a sure. while. Sure. Yeah, we haven't had that in quite some time. So yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, 7.35 this morning here on the Morning Drive. Your thoughts, your comments. Yates Flooring Center chat line. If you have uh, a, an addition to that that you would like to see. I, I thought you might uh, bring up uh, somebody defensively um, to go out and, and – um, but it, it takes more than just one person to defend the three. Uh, but there were there were times last year you didn't do a very good job of that. Fair. You know, you left uh, left guys open uh, out there to, to shoot open threes, which <clears throat> generally speaking, if you leave somebody open to shoot a three, if they're, if they're a good shooter, they're probably going to hit it, you know. They're, they're probably going to hit it. So uh, somebody says this, hard to call out who was the leader on the squad this past season. It's just, it was just so wonky from the beginning. Um with everything that went down and just it's just you know you could see very early on from hawaii uh that oh man this is and then just the number of games in the non-conference where you felt like okay that was um, way closer than it needed to be yeah 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 you're like okay what's 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 going on out there what's going on down there you know and come to find out it was uh there were some challenges uh to to say the very least uh, with your basketball team. So hopefully uh, you get a chance now to, to start over and uh, hopefully you won't do this for a few years. I mean, it, it's becoming quite uh, common to have these, you know, press conferences with, you know, new coaches for for football and basketball specifically. It's like, okay, man, there's a little grass to grow here. Has there been a school in the country that's had more drama with their men's basketball program in the last – you know, six, eight years than ours? I don't think so. I mean, I really don't. I mean, when you kind of look at just the... Oh, the craziness. The craziness, yeah. I mean, and you know, it goes back to, you know, Bob Knight living, leaving the middle of a season and, and then Pat going to the school president and saying, am I in or am I out? You know, you're out. Okay. <laughs> and then he did his coach's show that night, you know. And then... Uh, it was the most bizarre thing. And then, you know, with, you know, the hiring of Billy Gillespie about this time, right around the, the final four and everybody thinking, okay, we, we got our guy, right? Mm-hmm. Got a good one. And, and then that didn't work out. And then, you know, Tubby Smith thankfully gets fired at Minnesota before you, you made a decision on a couple of guys where you just kind of restarted the search because they weren't happy with, you know, Marvin Mincy or, or Chris Walker. At least the university president wasn't at the time. So I said, no, I, I, I think we need to start over here. And then Tubby Smith gets fired and like, voila! And then he comes down here and and uh, his opening press conference was, we need to play hard, play fast, and play together. Play hard, play smart, and play together. I'm like, oh, man, we we just heard that from uh, Coach Gillespie. I mean, it didn't really work out very well, but I guess maybe it's a Kentucky thing. Um. And then it turned out to be... I think we heard a lot of crazy things in Tubby Smith's press conference. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Um, you got that. And then you've got... Uh, and then and then Tubby leaves in the basically the middle of the night, goes to Amarillo and flies to Memphis. And uh, and that was crazy. And then you go you go hire Chris Beard and you send a plane over there and they, they, get, they get on the plane with literally all of their stuff. I mean, like everything. Because they were all living in a hotel there in Vegas. And then they land here. And then the next thing you know, you're in a 
playing for a national championship. And then the next thing you know, that guy's gone. And then the guy that replaced him is, goes just kind of a little crazy. So, yeah, I mean, you kind of sum that all up over the last, you know, 10, 15 years, and that's kind of where we are. You know, you're probably as, lucky to have as much as you've had. As crazy as all of that is, mm-hmm. and I have lived through all of that, so I know it was crazy at the time. None of our coaches had handcuffs on them before they got fired. That's true. That's not true of every school in the state of Texas. Well, no, it's not. But I mean, and, and we don't have a picture of our former head coach in black and white stripes, right? Waiting to talk to a judge via a camera. Sure, and it cost him dearly. It did. Um, I, I wouldn't trade our situation for what happened at Texas. I would rather deal with all of that than an arrest as a, for your head coach. Yeah. Yeah, that's no, I, that's fair. But, I mean, I, I think it's also fair to look at our timeline here over the last 12 years and go, that's a pretty bizarre timeline when you look at the other Power 5 schools that are out there. I don't know that anybody can match it, not that we're looking to go through that again, uh, even on the – even on the uh, football side, too, which is, it's had its moments as well. You're tuned in to the Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3, recapping the night that was in the world of sports. That's not to say that they don't respect the run game that you have, but you're talking about one quarterback leading the, the conference in passing so far this year. And remember, he didn't start the first game. Right. still play a lot, though. And also bringing some humor to your day. I, I just don't want to disappoint you. I just, <laughs> as much as I disappoint you, I don't want to disappoint you in some things that you expect from me. Hear the show live weekday mornings at 6 on Double T 97.3 or on the Double T 97.3 mobile app. Come to you this morning from the First United Bank studio. It's nice and calm in here today. The Yates Flooring Center chat line is open for you. Go to double t 97.3.com for that. Also, the Visual Edge IT hotline is open, too, and that is at uh, 806-771-0973. Okay, so look for, uh, look for you to uh, weigh in on uh, whatever it is that is going through your mind this morning and uh, look, to, uh, look to hear from you uh, today. So we'll have uh, lots of baseball on the air for you tonight. We'll have uh, the Astros and the Detroit Tigers from Houston. the broadcast time. First pitch just after 7. We'll have Friendship and Lubbock Cooper baseball tonight at 7 on sunny 97.7 tonight. That should be a pretty good little battle, right? That's always fun. A couple of schools that don't really like each other, so that's always good. Is that fair to say? I mean, it's fair to say, right? Uh, I think, you know, it feels like... The, the friendship and Cooper kids that I'm around seem to get along great. I think okay. it's more about the parents and the adults, the administrations that probably don't really mm, get along. Kind of manufacturing that kind of stuff? Yeah, mm. no, I think that, I mean, I'm, I'm not that I'm around all of them, but mm-hmm. I'm around a decent amount, and I think they all they all seem to really like each other. Okay. <laughs> I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's some dislike there that I don't know about, but... Can we maybe. create some maybe to help them out with that? I don't think it's necessary. They're not in the same district. They don't have to hate each other. <laughs> okay. Well, or just dislike, right? Or dislike. They, dislike. They, I, as a matter of fact, I feel like uh, I see them rooting for each other a lot. Oh, okay. So All right. I don't know if that's allowed. Against but, the Lubbock schools primarily or just? Just in general. Just in general. Because they're friends. Just in general because they're friends. Yeah. That's what's wrong with the world today. Nobody kind of hates each other from a competitive standpoint. Is that really what's wrong with the world? I was was being facetious. (laughs) I was being facetious. 
Uh, Hey, let's learn from them. They actually treat each other well. Maybe 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 the rest of us could learn from that. Probably so. Probably so. There's nothing Uh, wrong with a little sports hate, though. No question. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said earlier, and I I had to look it up to make sure that I was I was think I was thinking that this was a, a compliment. I was I was it, and it was. Somebody said you're quite the raconteur, Chuck. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's basically one that uh, tells anecdotes. Thank you. I tried I tried to when I was kind of going through the whole basketball timeline over the last twelve to fifteen years. I, I had to look that word up to make sure that it was. A compliment. Sometimes people use big words on me, and it's not a compliment. Okay, I've I've, I've dealt with that some. You know, so mm-hmm. it's just it's just it's like okay, I gotta <clears throat> I gotta raise my hand and look it up. So what did 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 they say it meant? Uh, it says that you're uh, you tell anecdotes stories well. Basically, what it means. Okay, Rick and tour. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure that not everybody agrees with that, but. You know, sometimes I get uh, sometimes I get a little long winded. I, I understand that. Uh, I just assume anytime we get complimented on the chat line, it's sarcasm. Well, sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, there's 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 something to be something to be said for that. I mean, we, you know, we got to got to be a person who excels in telling anecdotes. Okay, there you go. Uh, like I said, I'll. I'll, I'll take a compliment when I can, when I see that it is one, as opposed to a backhanded compliment. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody posted a picture of their dog. Says my dog exceeds the size limit for bark in the park. Is there a size limit for bark in the park? That's I a have, pretty good. That's a pretty big dog. I have no clue. Are they measuring there? Uh, somebody says the winds will be blowing west southwest. Somebody also said, and I, I'd have a hard time believing this, wouldn't you? They said Texas Tech may postpone the game tonight. I don't have a hard time. I mean, I, I wouldn't guess that they will, but as a matter of fact, I thought it was a game against Abilene Christian in the past where they called it at, because the winds were too bad. In the middle of the game, they're like, we can't play in this. Okay. Um, I think there's been times before where the schedule has been shifted um, due to expected high winds. Okay. So no, I, I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me. Yeah, it would disappoint me, but it wouldn't shock me. Do you do you think uh, Abilene Christian would be coming in day of game? Would that be your Would that be your guess? That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we get this. JL's comments are usually genuine. Chuck's are typically sarcasm. That sounds like a little goofus and gallant there. Mm. Okay. The comments that Gallons. we make, or the comments about us. Compliments is what I think they meant. Oh. Well, he said comments. I know it's. I think they. Gallant's meant. compliment. Gallant's comments are usually genuine. 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 Jan, Jamie. Genuine. Uh, <laughs> Chuck's comments are typically sarcasm. Goofus. Since we were talking about compliments, and Jamie taking all the compliments on the chat line as sarcasm, yeah. I think they meant compliments. I think Spellcheck got them. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what got them. But I've been called a lot of strange things. January. Mr. January, right there. <laughs> Jamie. 
Stop. <laughs> Stop. Eight oh seven this morning here on the morning drive. I didn't even you... get like a good month, right? Because if you're like Mister October, that means you hit you hit well in the in the postseason. I right? think Mister October. I think of Reggie yeah. Jackson, and that just that sours me. And why did he get the nickname? Because he performed he... in when October in the postseason. Yeah, big right? moments. No, I hated yeah, that. Okay, you know, but Mister January. I mean, what is what happens in January? I don't know. Nothing. I don't know. Uh, somebody says this, January Linton, Arkansas Hines. That's what we are. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we are. Uh, okay, so what, what's, what's the big deal for tonight, do you think? Coming off, of the Oakland, coming off the wins over the weekend. I'd like to see you pitch better. Yeah. I'd like to see the, the runs be a little bit more hard to come by. Okay. Compared to what we saw over the weekend against TCU. So would you like it to be like a 15-2 to two game? Like easy to come by when you're at the plate, hard to come by when they're at the plate? I'll take that's Yeah. 15-2? to two, You'd like mm-hmm. that? You'd take I, that? I would be fine with that. Okay. Okay. Um, how many pitchers do you think will get used tonight? Do you think it will be a ton? A lot. A lot? I okay. mean, it's a midweek game, so you're wanting to get guys some work and mm-hmm. all that, so... I wouldn't be surprised if we saw, I don't know, 10 to 13 or something like yeah. that. Do you think some end-of-the-bench guys will get an opportunity to play tonight as well? Mm. I wouldn't put Clint out there, no. Well, it's good because he's on the bottom line. He's on the bottom line, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe going with Choice or Hacks. Hacks, um, Hacks do you think Hacks could still play? I mean, is he more of a hitter? Now? I think Hacks could still swing the bat. I, I mean, Hacks is a good athlete, so I, I bet he could – I bet he could swing it. You put him over at first base because he didn't have to move a whole lot over there. That's probably would be a good spot for him. Maybe over on the hot corner too. I mean, yeah. he showed he's still got quick hands with that catch he made in West Virginia. Yeah, sure. He yeah. does have quick hands, no doubt. So He was a little irritated with me yesterday at the press conference. Um, he uh, Apparently he had to walk quite a ways from the parking lot and I just I pulled in right by the flagpoles at this I asked the guy, Hey, can I just park up there? And he's like, mm. Yeah, sure, I'll let you. And Hax was Hax was a little irritated by that. I was given uh he and well really I was given choice grief, but about their their conversation yesterday about the shift and how baseball is faster now and they mm-hmm. think it had something to do with the shift and I was telling choice I thought that was crazy. Okay. Okay. It's faster now because of the pitch clock. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the shift, the in shift, my opinion. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, sh- I like the pitch clock. I think it's working really, really well in Major League Baseball. I'm not a fan of the shift, or, may, or outlawing the shift. I should say. Hex may uh, he may kind of spill some of his frustrations over from the parking attendant. I mean, you know, he's he's gotten into the parking attendant before. This has been the Morning Drive podcast presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double t 97.3.com.